5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. edition of William Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin. A lot to cover this Sunday evening in the NFL, college football, as well as Major League Baseball. Some sad news to deliver. And yes, it is official. Les Miles has been fired from LSU. Last night's game, as you, as you heard on this show Thursday night, from my sources, if LSU lost that game, he was gone. Les Miles will be fired Sunday maybe even Monday, but they went ahead and made it official. Les Miles was fired. Had Auburn lost last night, the same thing would have happened. So don't let anything fool you. Don't let anybody tell you any different. That game was the, the whoever, which coach is going to be fired game. Gus Malzahn's name would be coming out tonight if that if they had lost last night's game. And, Jonathan, we called it on this show, did we not? If Les Miles lost this game, it was over. Do you remember that? Of course I did. I I was saying uh, to all my friends on uh, Friday, uh, I actually came back uh, home for the weekend, and we were having some conversations. And I told them, like, look, man, whoever loses this Auburn-LSU game, I mean, depending for Auburn, but if LSU loses, Les is gone. They're like, no, no, there's no – I'm like, they'll wait till the end of the year. No, 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 no. Les is gone and Cam's gone right then and there. If they lose – Cut yep. them both loose, and boom, cut them both, they cut them both loose. You said it, and, and I'm I'm 100% sure of, of what was going to happen to Les Miles had he lost. I'm about 75% sure that Gus Malzahn would have been fired. I'm not saying that 100% because here's the deal. Here's the difference, Jonathan, between Auburn and LSU. LSU was projected to win the SEC and be in the playoff by a lot of people. Auburn wasn't projected to rank. They weren't projected to, to even be two and two now. So really, Auburn, if you could say it, they've overachieved really this year. And I know that's sad to say, but if you you know you beat an LSU, a ranked team like this, and and you're building something there, LSU was supposed to be the team to take out Alabama. They were built for it. You're two and two now, and if you could, I don't know if you watched the expression of the players like Fournette one time last night. He came over to Miles and kind of chewed him out a little bit. I mean, there's just no respect there, I don't think. And they have no – I mean, Auburn has a great defense, a good defense, and it's a, that way. But, I mean, that was the worst coach game I've ever watched last night, both ways. I mean, Auburn's defense did play well, but the play calling on offense was gutless. And uh, – but Les Miles, clock management issues again, something around him losing the game. He's out of the top 25. And here's the deal, Jonathan. He's fired because why? There's a coach. There's three coaches out there we're going to talk about. They want to hire him as soon as they can, wouldn't you think, or at least go ahead and start the search. You don't want to wait until 
till it's over to start recruiting, do you, for a coach? You want to go ahead and do it now and let people know, even NFL coaches, that, hey, there's a job opening at LSU. Well, I agree. I agree 100%. I think, um, you know, the, the doing it now was to send a message in two ways, uh, in my eyes. You're, you're sending a message uh, to your fan base that we agree we're done too. We can't do it anymore either. Uh, and then you're you're sending um, that message to the fans saying, we're done. We're going to get this going now. We're going to try and get somebody hired. Um, you know, be the first team, essentially, to hire a coach, uh, and, and we'll, we'll progress from there. We're going to get the best candidate because we had the first opening. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, Jonathan, you may not believe me, but had Gus lost last night and that Auburn team started one and three with their arch rival 4-0 sitting over there, um, I'm just afraid that that would have happened. But I knew, my source told me that, that this person, the source that I have knew a, a booster in Louisiana that talked about this game specifically, how important it was. And he said that Les Miles would not survive if he lost in Auburn. And he's right. I mean, I love having these sources, man. It wasn't me coming. I mean, common sense could could lead you this direction too, but it's also good to have sources, Jonathan, that, that can give you insight into things. And if if one thing that came out of last for today for Gus Malzahn, if that doesn't fire him up a little bit and make him want to win football games even more, it shows you a, a coach that wins ten games a year is getting fired. You saw Rick last year. Why is Gus Malzahn any different? So hopefully that a lot of fire under. Uh, Gus Malzahn to make sure he has a respectable year and at least wins eight or nine games this year. I agree. I mean, um, you know, from what we saw uh, last night, obviously Auburn, I know they settled for six field goals, but offensively they looked better to me than they had really all season, uh, take away the Arkansas State game. But we saw how bad Arkansas State was. They lost to Central Arkansas, so <laughs> really let's throw that game out. Um, you know, but I, I, Man, I did I think the offense looked better. Man, I was yeah. feeling good after that game. I was like national championship. I was looking at flights to Tampa. I mean, after that Arkansas State game, and then – and then it just dawned on me, oh, God, Arkansas State sucks. But, hey, let's start off this show in a way, I mean, some big news out of the Major League Baseball, the important news. And, and you know, we talk, we have fun on this show. We talk firings. But the tragedy that happened, Jose Fernandez of the Miami Marlins, 24-year-old, killed in a boating accident along with two others. Jonathan, this, this sent shockwaves through Major League Baseball and, and Miami's organization there. Just what a terrible, terrible tragedy. Yeah, uh, you know, I woke up this morning, and as I do every morning, I hop on Twitter to see if anything broke over the night. Usually I'm looking for a trade or coach to get fired. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I saw um, a uh, XM radio host whose name is slipping my mind, had put out there saying Jose Fernandez passed away. And I'm like, that doesn't – no, no, there's no way that happened. You know, and then I saw a uh, another nationwide writer confirm it. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. And then the Dolph, the Marlins beat writer said, yeah, this is this happened. And it, it just finally hit me. And at that point, I was like, all right, well, I need information. What's going on here? And – 
it's going to come off cold, so just bear with me, everybody. But I'm a boater. I've lived on the water pretty much my whole life. If you're on the water at 3 a.m., and you were hightailing it as fast as they and they expected they were going, which is north of 60 miles per hour. Dang. Y'all ain't too bright. And, and to not know your surroundings, because the, the outcrop they hit's a jetty. Jetties are essentially 30 to 50 foot long rock structures that are meant to be seen in low and high tide. It's it's a way of helping with beach erosion and things like that. But you're always going to see them because it's just a bunch of bricks, uh, not bricks, you know, like boulders. That to to me, there there was some irresponsibility here. There was some stupidity here. Uh, unfortunately, Darwinism kicked in, if you will, and, and I feel bad for his family, his girlfriend who's pregnant uh, with with his child, uh, the team. I mean, I know they canceled their game against the Braves today. Uh, you know, he was a big thing for the city of Miami. He, he's from my area. He went to Alonzo High School here in Tampa. So th- this is somebody that I've known. He was on the front page of the sports page when he got drafted in the first round, you know, um, that I can personally know, but that's just a matter of, 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 of opinions. I respected him. And for this to happen is just yeah. an absolute, it's an absolute tragedy for, for anybody involved. And my condolences to uh, the, the members, the friends and family members of the other two uh, people who passed. Yeah. So just keep in mind, anybody out there on the water, for God's sake, at 3 a.m., I mean, that's not very smart. We, we we all agree with that, going 60 mile per hour on a boat, not knowing your surroundings. When you hit rock going 60 plus, it's there's no way you can make it. I mean, there's it's like wrecking a motorcycle. I mean, it's just when you you have no protection there. So we want to get to get to some football in a minute, but want to pass on our condolences. Looks like Russell Wilson with a major injury here in the – Seattle game 27 to three right now. Seattle over San Francisco midway through the third. Not good for Seattle. And we'll talk about some NFL in a little while. But we do have a Tennessee fan on the line. Mike's on here to talk about those mighty Gators. How how great they were. How they were talking all that smack. <laughs> and last 21 to nothing. 21 to three at the half. And Tennessee came out in the second half and and set the world on fire. Mike was at the game. He was he was there. So let's let's get him on real quick. I just want to feel what the fans felt last night, first half and second half. Good evening, Michael. How are you? <laughs> Good, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you fine, man. So so tell me that first half you were in the stadium. What was going through yeah. your mind when it was twenty one to three at halftime? What what were you thinking? Any chance of coming back? Did you think, or or was it here we go again? Deja vu, really. It was here we go again, deja vu. The crowd was dead. Um, I've been to every – I was at the last – it was my senior year at Tennessee, the last time Tennessee beat Florida in 2004. Um, I've been to every Tennessee-Florida game since then. Um, And, you know, you're just watching this game going, you know, Callaway crazily – gets a fair catch on – calls for a fair catch on the one-yard line. Tennessee recovers does, you know, what Tennessee does and gets back in a shotgun formation. Um, and then Kroom drops a touchdown pass. Uh, Hurd gets stopped at the line. And then they try to run a play that they ran with Alvin Kamara. 
multiple times, and Matt gets stopped. They go for it on fourth down. They come away with nothing. I wasn't proud. Bush didn't go for didn't go for for a field goal there. He did that last year against Oklahoma. So you had that happen, and then and then Appleby, you know, to his credit, uh, threw the ball pretty well in the first in the first half. Callaway just outran um, our our DBs, and you know he got hurt. Callaway did at some point, either late in the second quarter, or early in the third, and he was not the same the rest of the game. Uh, but you know you had some breaks for Tennessee. Tennessee had the ball inside of Florida's ten yard line twice, came away with no points. Uh, finally, they kicked the field goal. But you're just looking, you're seeing. You know, this backup, another backup quarterback against Tennessee in Neyland Stadium, throwing touchdowns. It's 21 to nothing. Florida's band is cranking up. Gator chomps loud. <laughs> Their crowd's loud. Our crowd is just diffused. The one thing that I think did give people hope was that Tennessee, uh, Florida was not necessarily stopping Tennessee. Tennessee was dropping balls. Um, I think, it, you know, Dobbs had six drops. The stat of the game after last night was – you know, he was one for eight for like 16 yards. And then the second half, he was 16 for 25 for almost – for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Um, but he throws those interceptions. It was feeling that way. We come back after halftime. Dobbs throws another interception. Um, and then it just cut loose. And uh, I'll say this for Bob Shute because uh, in every t- game Tennessee has played, when he makes adjustments – uh, Tennessee shuts people down. And Florida had eight yards in the third quarter. Um, and when he made his adjustments at halftime, he shut them down, much like what happened to Virginia Tech at the sure. Battle at Bristol. Um, but it, it, it got electric fast uh, in the stadium. And when the crowd got into it, uh, you know, with about 11 minutes to go in the third quarter, it never got quiet. And it was as electric oh. of an atmosphere as Tennessee has had in, in 10 years in that stadium. That's great. So, I mean, we see how Tennessee can play. We saw it against Virginia Tech when they got down 14, down 21 against Florida. But with this next stretch coming up, Georgia, A&M, and Alabama, was it, is, is that enough to wake Tennessee up to realize that, hey, we need to play four quarters of football and, instead of waiting until the second half or waiting because – if you, if you do that, I have a feeling if you wait and do that against a real good team with an offense that you're not going to be able to come back because it's real hard to stop these teams in the SEC, especially Alabama and A&M. So what, what do you think Butch Jones does to, to improve that going forward? Yeah, you know, I don't know. And, and Tennessee has not played a complete game this year. It's really been about halves. Uh, or in Virginia Tech's case, you know, they just got blasted in the first quarter and then sort of – brought it together in the last three but um yeah you can't you're not going to be able to start slow against a&m or alabama um we'll see if that old miss georgia game was a fluke this week or, or what georgia's going to have of course they'll be at home i think they'll be energized you know i mean it's georgia such a week to week it's such a week to week league though yeah. and and you don't know who's going to come out and play but you know butch jones for all for all his quirkiness you can look at this team and you look at that senior leadership because they have been in games that they should not have won this year. Uh, App State, they didn't have Ohio finished off till midway through the fourth quarter. And the team has a lot of character. And he, he sort of has all his funny slogans, brick by brick and eye discipline and three great efforts for six seconds and all this stuff. But the team has character. Uh, and I think you see that when you go down 21 to nothing. The teams in the past with Tennessee, that would have been it. It would have been over. And I'll tell you who quit 
that night. That was Florida. When 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 oh. he hit Ethan Wolf for the second touchdown inside of four minutes, that Florida team quit. They completely quit. Well, they would go uh, their next six drives. They were three and outs down till the fourth quarter. I mean, it was it was they they completely and that, and they, you say coaching or whatever, but but they quit. And uh, it was just on the sidelines. You could see it. I was sit on the opposite side, so I looked directly over at the opposing team's sideline, and they were dead. They were just dead. And Tennessee was yeah. just feeding off the energy, and the and the crowd was giving a lot of energy to the defense. And Derek Barnett, I'll tell you, Bruce Feldman had an article today in CBS. He had a heck of a game, and really took that defense on his back and came up huge. And it'll be awesome to see uh, Barnett and. And Miles Garrett on the same field uh, in two in two weeks down at A and M uh, should be a big game. I think if Tennessee can go down and get Georgia, I think a lot of Tennessee fans had A and M and Alabama as a loss. But if they get Georgia, that should lock up the East completely for Tennessee. And the last half of our schedule is is a, is a, quite frankly a joke. Um, so well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna tell you, be, be glad you play a team that's a rival next week in a division because. With all the energy and emotion that yeah. was, and all the relief, really, if you played someone average, that you know a sandwich game. Georgia's not really a sandwich game because they're a they're a big rival for you. But I think that's going to work in your favor playing Georgia. So I know people talk about letdowns, but because you played Georgia, I don't think we see a letdown this week. Yeah, and you see, you know, I think it was it was a good game for Dobbs to come back. He's not the best passer. Uh, in the world, but any any update? Because I was driving back from Knoxville late last night. Any update on Nick Chubb and what that foot injury? I know they took him out of the game. Is is he really injured, or were, or were they sort of saving him, or any news on him? I think him? he's banged up. I think they saved him, Jonathan. You tell me. It looked like Kirby Smart threw the towel in already, and Ole Miss was running it up, and no need because here's the deal with Chubb in the game. You're not running the ball down 28. 2431 points. So yeah. there, there, there's no need to put him in there. Jonathan, do you have an update on Nick Chubb and will he be effective and available next week? Yeah, uh, Chubb uh, had a, has a sprained ankle. Uh, the sprain wasn't severe enough to where he can't play. He actually wanted to come back out for the second half of that game, uh, but Kirby Smart told him. You kind of, you got to pick and choose your battles here, and there's there's no reason for us to throw you back out there. Yeah, that would be stupid that, to, to put Chubb in. Yeah, that seemed to be. Uh, I was watching that game prior to the Tennessee game, and that sort of seemed to be uh, the gist. I, I, but I, I, yeah, I think Tennessee takes a lot of energy down to Athens next week. Um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see if, if uh, Jalen Reeves-Maven will be able to play. He went into the game in the beginning for just a series, um, and then in the second half came back for two plays, just really did, couldn't move that arm. Um, Darren Kirkland, who is our middle linebacker, uh, you know, he, he potentially, they're saying, could be back. Uh, Coleman Thomas. But Tennessee, you know, you got your four best defenders on the team, Barnett, Sutton, Jalen Reeves-Maven, and Darren Kirkland, and three of them are out. I don't think we'll see Cam Sutton again this year. Um, he he was on crutches at the game and, and wasn't even putting his foot on the ground. Uh, Kirkland actually was only in a boot, and he was moving pretty well uh, down on the sideline during the game. Uh, and Maven, of course, w- was out there with his helmet on. Uh, so 
getting those guys back would be huge for Tennessee. And, and Josh Malone and, and Jawan Jennings, both wide receivers for Tennessee, really had big games. Jennings had 113 yards and, and that big touchdown against where Tabor slipped. Uh, and then Josh Malone on that quick slant, which to me was just to play the game. That really put the nail in the coffin uh, early in the fourth quarter and, and just put Florida completely out of the game. And then Bob Shoup kind of called the dogs off. I'll tell you this, Brian. I, Tennessee better enjoy Bob Shoup while they have him because he's not going to be in Knoxville very long. That guy's a heck of a football coach and the best defensive coordinator Tennessee has had since John Chavis was up in the booth for them. Well, that's good to hear. But, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll keep him. But uh, congratulations, man, on your big victory. And call in next week and let's talk about that victory over Georgia. So take care, Michael. Thanks for the call. Jonathan, I know you were uh, – excited for Florida losing that game. And, and you know, in a rival game like that, I'm sure if Michael had known what was going to happen, he wouldn't have been minded to 21 to nothing because that makes it even harder when you're down, when you're up three touchdowns and you choke a lead. So, so I know you as a Florida State fan, Jonathan, was very happy watching that happen the way it did. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was I was pretty darn excited. I transitioned straight from um, Florida State uh, and that victory to uh, to the Tennessee-Florida game. And, I, you know, for those of you who follow my Twitter feed, you understand. Uh, but for those who don't, I kept yelling for Tennessee to throw the football. And it just aggravated me uh, that they weren't throwing the football because Florida was selling out for the run. I mean, you saw it every time they were running a read option play, it was blown up. They didn't have any success with it uh, for the majority of the game. They were getting stuffed in the backfield or for nothing. I'm like, just keep, just throw the football. If you throw the football, you're going to expose them because they're, they're, they're daring you to throw. They're playing man-to-man. And everybody in Florida State knows, and pretty much everybody at LSU knows, Florida's defensive backs are overrated. They always are. They, 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 there's this belief that they're great. Well, a good front seven will make any quarterback look good. Um, so once Tennessee started throwing the ball, you can see the momentum swift, uh, switch. Touchdown, touchdown. That, that catch by Ethan Wolf, uh, where he ran the seam route was huge. Uh, that was an amazing play. I, I felt at that point when he caught the ball, I said, Tennessee's going to win this game. This is last year, but in reverse. Um, and then you had that tip drill on the sideline where I still believe Jennings tried to drop that ball on purpose. It just got stuck to his hand somehow. And he went to the house. Malone with the quick slant and go. Just kind of, you know, like like Michael said, put the nail in the coffin. I was very excited. Uh, it was a great win. You know, for, for Tennessee, this is huge. It kind of validates all the hype that we've been giving them, that they finally, they finally win a game that – Every other year, they would have lost. They would have been out of it at halftime. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to see them finally show up, uh, and, you know, even though it took to the second half. And let me say this. Michael's right. They can't keep playing like this. All right, you want to look at a team that was doing this and finally got burned by their own fire, look no further than that team in Tallahassee. They got burned doing this whole slow first half. Let's make a comeback. So Tennessee's got to right that ship, uh, and we'll see how that goes. But they they got to let Dobbs throw the ball a little more because he, he can't air it out if need be. And if that happens, you open up the running game. Yeah, they need to block a little better for him. He, he did a great job picking up those blitzes and 
finding his man and, you know, being a senior in that rivalry, Dobbs was not going to go out losing. So, so the freshmen, there's some freshmen that stepped up for Tennessee. I saw that, you know, they can say, look, we, we're freshmen. We beat Florida. Our class will not lose to Florida. And I think you're going to see the flip because let me tell you this about the defense of Florida. Yes, it's good, but it's all Will Muschamp recruits. Oh, a horse over there. Florida is not going to be able to recruit that kind of talent on the defensive side of the ball that Will Muschamp did. So uh, McElwain's going to be in trouble. I think that was it was huge. It's, it's character, like you said, like that 2010 Auburn team down 24 to nothing in Tuscaloosa to come back and be able to win that game is character, and it's it's that that brotherhood that you're not gonna you're not gonna give up and quit fighting. And you got to remember, everybody, Tennessee had a lot of stars out on defense. They're three or four best defensive players, not even in the game. So. Um, and, and, Jonathan, I looked at the polls, and I don't know how Georgia's still ranked. AP has them 25 and coaches has them 20. What part of AP ranking does Georgia even fall into? I mean, that's a terrible team right now, just piss poor, terrible. Tennessee should beat them by three or four touchdowns, if you if you want to be honest about it. What? How in the world is Georgia still ranked? They haven't beaten anyone, and the way they lost yesterday just – Confirmed to me they suck. Yeah, I mean, there are going to be people who, for some odd reason, are going to point to, oh, well, look what Missouri did uh, yesterday. And I'm going to go, well, they played Delaware State. I mean, let's not forget about that. Delaware State went 1-10 last year at the FCS level, and the team that they beat also went 1-10 at the FCS level. So Missouri dropping 79 on them. Doesn't tickle my fancy. Uh, so I, I think Georgia is a team that should be bumped out of the top 25. For them to even be there, it's just going to lead to everybody else across the country screaming SEC bias. And you know, you know, you know, I'm right. That that's what everybody's going to say. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I also think they did it because well, it looks better when you know Tennessee ranked here is playing number 25 Georgia. I do think the pollsters try to set up good matchups on a week to week basis. Um, so, A.O. Georgia, I think, is going to get crushed. It's how much? Tennessee's four. Lay the points, please. Oh, lay, lay a hey, you know, ten, Tennessee came back and covered for me against Florida. I'm going to take Tennessee to cover against Georgia. I mean, you know, don't bite the hand that's been feeding you. Yeah, that was a big hit for me with Tennessee. I mean, you know, you know when you do parlays, you remember my five-team parlay I gave everybody on there Thursday night? It hit. Everybody out there, tell me how many radio shows do that for you. Can give you a five-team parlay and go five and zero on it. How many teams? How many people could do that, Jonathan? Not many, right? Oh, not not too dang many. Well, you know, speaking of choke jobs, I mean, we we've been on this show, and the Oregon Ducks. I mean, remember Thursday night when I said, you know, Jason, I was talking to Jason, and I said Chip Kelly teams was never a 10-point favorite at home over Colorado. They beat the crap out of them. Well, guess what? Oregon, for the second year in a row, does not make it out of the month of September without two losses. And I know Jason Humphrey's all for Helfrich, and, and I, I support him. You know, he's a fan. He can say what he wants. But this Oregon team is imploding. And I don't. I know he thinks they're still going to win the North and they're going, but Jonathan, I can't. I can't support Helfrich at Oregon right now. I think they should fire him, like Les Miles got fired today. 
Yeah, I mean, the the thing, you know, that's a conversation that I heard. Obviously, was that he should uh, he should be fired. There's, I don't think there's any doubt um, that that conversation at least at least needs to happen. Uh, I mean, the thing that'll be his saving grace and what's going to buy him an extra year is that Devin Allen's out and the left tackle's out and this guy's out and that guy's out. I mean, they've lost four or five starters for the year, and they're, like, key positions. That's going to buy him time. But and Royce Freeman was was dinged for this game. You know, he he was injured. Um, you know, this is the perfect opportunity for Colorado. And like you say, 10-point favorites. Something wrong about 10-point favorites. Uh, you know, Colorado played a great game. But I'm with you. I think Helfrick needs to go. You know, Oregon is a team built on speed and on a wide-open offense. You should have three, under Chip Kelly, three running backs and ten receivers deep. They were You would rotate guys in and out, in and out. Mark Heffrick has, like, four receivers and a running back, maybe two. You can't, you can't do that. On that offense, you've got to be able to rotate guys in and out. And they're they're not able to do that because of what I see as a failure in the recruiting department. Yeah, this is not your Chip Kelly Oregon Ducks, and I will allow Jason a chance to to defend his coach right here. But Jason, I mean, losing to Colorado at home, if if you're losing to teams like that, what makes you think that y'all are going to be able to come back and beat some of the good teams in the Pac-12 right now? Because Colorado is a bunch of bums and they come in your backyard and put up. What was the score on that game again? I can't remember. It was like the, the final 41. Was 41, 41 yeah, 41-38. 38. Yeah. Had an opportunity I mean, to uh, – Mom, am I on? Yeah, you're on, man. Okay. Go ahead, Jason. So it was 41-38. Had an opportunity to win the ball game, um, and Dakota just throws in picks that – it was a very bad call. Um, yes, losing to Colorado um, is unexcusable. But I will say this. We were down at 33-17. Team could afford it. And it could have packed in the bags, get ready for Washington State. But, no, we did five. We did take the lead, 33-33. Um Yes, the defense played terrible, and and I'll admit that. But without that defense that played great in the third quarter, we don't get back in that bargain. That third quarter, that defense um, forced the two turnovers and whatnot. I'm a Mark Alford yeah, believer, and I will till he's fired. That's that's. Uh, my I mean, here's the line. deal. You're you're. you're It'd be different if you were playing Stanford and this happened or something, but you're playing Colorado, and that's that's the problem I have with it. Is like you're same, you're happy. Same Colorado I guess, team I guess. that was up twenty eight seven. They were up twenty eight seven. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. You're down. You're you're. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, Jason. You know, I'll, I'll give you that one. Improved Colorado team, and do not sleep on them on the south. Right, everybody's saying, oh, this is the trash Colorado team. But, no, they have looked good for this moment and won out. Yes, Oregon Well, you know, you know Oregon better than I do. You know it better than I do. And, you know, you, you know well, the field. I'm, I'm, but not, I'm the, not disagreeing with you, Ryan. 
It's, it's yeah, organ, organ needs work. But let's not take anything away from Colorado. They came in and they played their asses off, and they deserve, and they will give people some headache in the South. They, they will. Okay, Jonathan, your thoughts on Oregon? I mean, you know, I know you're telling us not to sleep on uh, on Colorado, and and it's funny because that's every that's the only thing I heard after the game was, oh, this Colorado team might actually be good, and you're like, well, might actually is is where I have the issue. Like nobody thought Colorado was good until they beat Oregon, but nobody's sure certain that Oregon's good. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like when Texas beat Notre Dame. Oh my God, Texas is back, y'all. Look at yeah, Notre Dame's one in three. I mean, how good is Texas? Duke just beat. No, so you know, obviously, I'm a little. I, you know, I'm looking at Oregon, and I'm not. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I think this is a team that's injured. I think this is a team that's hurt. Uh, I think they're going to make a bowl game, but this year is going to be a struggle. I think Helford comes back next year, but he needs to yeah. do better on the recruiting trail. They need to get guys who can recruit because there's no damn depth on this team. It's embarrassing yeah, to watch. Yeah, there there is no depth, and I'll go with you on that on with that on Jonathan. Oregon is starting full register freshman on the offensive line. Our good defensive players are young, so if like I said, it's it's not gonna be a, a miracle season for Oregon. We're we're gonna be back to the nineties and early two thousands, a, a mediocre team, and everybody. You know, Oregon needs to realize that, and why not? So, wow, so, really? So you you I like believe it. you you believe that Helfrich can take the program out of its current state that it's in now because it's been on the decline ever since Chip Kelly left. Even though, even though you're you're right, Helfrich made the playoff. That was with Chip Kelly's recruits and mm-hmm. players, and really the same system. You think he can dig them out of this hole? And recruit well enough to bring them back to the to prominence in the Pac-12. I I believe so. I I'm gonna like I said I'm gonna stand by Mark Helfrich. Call me crazy, delusional, or whatnot, but I'll stand by my coach. No, no. I I That's really okay. feel I, I admire that. I, okay, like, like I said, I was thinking about this last night. Okay. USC would be a good program if they don't fire coaches, okay? I believe if you fire Mark Helfrich, it puts Oregon even further back. And and I I believe that. You may be right, but, I mean, this is a team in Colorado that mm-hmm. ran, for, ran for, what, 260, passed for 333 yeah. for a total of 593 on 84 plays, Oregon is a place you don't go to and win like that. That's yeah. That's me in the last ten years or whatever. You don't go to Oregon and and come out alive. But when Colorado comes yeah. in there, and and I know you said they're improved, but there's no way that Colorado should ever come into Oregon and beat them like that. I know it's a close game, but Colorado is mm. three and one overall. They are three and one, Jonathan, with a loss to Michigan. In the big house, they're one and zero in conference. That puts Oregon at zero and one in the in the Pac-12 North and two and two overall. Is Colorado, Jason? Are they the favorite in your mind to win the North right now, or do you still still think your Ducks can or the South? Or do you think the Ducks 
you think they can win the North? Is what I'm trying to ask. Well, Oregon, they it's it's funny they they could lose all the games, and they could also win all the games. Um, this week is a really big <laughs> week. Um, the Washington State game coming up. How is Oregon going to respond? And whatnot. So, um, is Colorado the favorite in the South? I'll still give that to Utah. Um, Utah's the obviously most impressive team. Um, I would say Utah, UCLA, and Colorado. Um, seeing after four weeks. But if, if you look at the North, Stanford struggled last night. Yes, UCLA is a good team. Washington struggled against Arizona, needed overtime to win that ball game. So it it could go either way. So All right. Well Jason man, you're a true duck supporter. Uh thank you for taking the time to to join us and talk about the ducks. But but Jonathan, I've been saying it for years and you can go back in the archives and and I'm not beating up I'm just being honest and that's just who I'm gonna be, whether it's Auburn, Oregon, Florida State Oregon is in trouble right now, and it's depth, it's, it's recruiting. I don't think Helfrich can recruit well enough to put Oregon back to where it was because Stanford's just going to keep getting better. UCLA, USC, uh, Washington, I mean, those teams are getting better now while Oregon is getting worse. That concerns me the most, Jonathan, right there. How are they going to all of a sudden come back in and stop this from happening? Because it's, it was Oregon – packed well for a while Chip Kelly was there and now it's everybody but organs I mean Jason's going to hate to hear this and there's a lot of people who are actually going to hate to hear this but uh, I think Washington is uh, on a rise yeah I know they went to overtime last night look man they had that game essentially won it it was a road road game game. against an opponent that's just kind of and not for I, I hate to use this, but who does Washington host next week? Stanford Friday night. You know, I think it was a little bit of a look ahead. Um, you know, that, that play where Arizona tied it up was so damn fluky. Where he breaks the quarterback breaks a couple tackles, he's one downfield. The receiver makes a stupid catch. You know, I you know they won. They, they what they did they finished the game that they should have finished beforehand. They didn't let the momentum kill them. And that, and that's what matters a lot to me. I think they're on the rise as long as Peterson doesn't bolt. I think Stanford's going to be a consistent power. I really do. Because now every smart kid across the country realizes I can go get a good degree from Stanford and I can play, I can contend for a title. And that's huge. Um, I don't think USC is going anywhere anytime soon, and I don't think UCLA is going anywhere anytime soon. I think Jim Moore is overrated, and I think USC is going to have a new coach by the end of this year or at the end of next year. I think, you know, I'm looking at Washington, Stanford, um, and Utah to kind of be the top teams in this conference. And what's the biggest issue there? Two of them are in the north. Oregon's going to have their issues because the two best teams in this conference are their biggest rivals. Yeah, and I, I'd put more on. I'd fire him after last night's debacle. Cut, let, let Stanford come back and and win that game. That was gutless coaching, and that was. The, and, and trust me, you talk about gutless coaching. We're gonna flip over to Auburn in a minute, and I'll say about the same thing. You, you sit here and play not to lose. Stanford covered the spread. 
I know <laughs> it was bad. I had I had I had three five team parlays, Jonathan, and hit all mm. of them, but one game on that third one in Stanford. I had UCLA money line, not just to, oh! to win the game. And oh, you talk about a night. What it would have been if I already had a good one, but if Stanford had a one because Kentucky won earlier, um, man, I, I just. But I had Stanford at three and a half. That fumble covered. I know you're lucky, Mora. <laughs> Mora, though, here's the deal, Mora. Instead of trying to to put points on the board there to try to score a touchdown to steal the game, he goes ahead and punts it to Stanford, and, and he gets a 15-yard penalty, and all of a sudden they're starting at about the 30 instead of the 15, and it just gave Stanford new life, and you get in that kind of prevent defense, and, and it just takes one play, and uh, that's what happens. Stanford, again, great teams find ways to win. That's the way it is. It's the, it's the bottom line, and let's, let's flip over real quick to Auburn LSU, the game that got Les Miles fired. But I think Gus Miles, or Les Miles was fired before that. It was just a matter of time, right? I mean, it wasn't just going to be Auburn beating them. Somebody else was going to beat them. They're just trying to get rid of him so they can hire the coach they want to. But watching the Auburn game last night, here's what caught my eye, too, is Auburn had almost 400 yards on, on 75 plays. I thought that was reverse. Auburn ran 75 plays last night. LSU ran 59 for 338. Um, Auburn rushed for 154, which is low for them, and LSU ran for 220. But look at the passing yards, 118 to 234. And, again, Auburn couldn't really create big turnovers until Fournette fumbled that ball. They finally got one. And uh, time of possession, Auburn dominated that. But it seemed like Auburn's game was – Auburn was dominating the game for the entire game, but they just couldn't put the ball in the end zone, man. And, and that last drive, they had the ball. They go down, and instead of trying to to get a first down, to get a touchdown, to ice the game, they go ahead and kick another field goal to go up by five. And guess what? Here comes LSU down the field, and I could see us losing that game because of not scoring a touchdown, but – Luckily, Auburn held on, and and they won that game. How big is that for Auburn, Jonathan, to be able to win that game, to get the monkey off your back about the SEC home games, SEC games in general, and play Louisiana Monroe next week, trip to Starkville in a bye week coming up? This Auburn team could get going right now because they're showing signs of, of moving the football and the defense is playing very well. So is Auburn a team you better watch going forward this year? Wait, mm, mm, mm. All right, let me say this. Watching Auburn in the red zone and, and scoring range um, was like watching them against Alabama in 2014. Mm-hmm. Remember that game? Lost 55-44 oh, yeah. because Gus on kicked like 17 field goals. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that that's what that game reminded me of. That's, they obviously need to figure out a way to punch it into the end zone. And, you know – you're in the SEC, and I know you like your offense, and that's fine, and Dandy, Gus, and, and Rhett, but if you can't line up under center and pound the rock, you got no business being in the SEC. And that's one of the things that that I think is killing Auburn is that they 
can't when they get inside the twenty, when they get inside the ten, they can't really run the ball because everything's out of shotgun. Clemson faces the same issues. Louisville faces the same issues. Except they have a more mobile quarterback. Uh, you know, these shotgun offenses it always happens. Washington State, Texas Tech, they they have a hard time running the ball because your running plays are starting four years behind the line of scrimmage. If you got a mobile quarterback, though, you can run the football a lot better out of that shotgun than you can uh, with Auburn when they don't respect the quarterback at all, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it is they, third down's a down, second down's a down. I think it was second down and a half a yard, right? Third down and a half a yard. If you can't get under center and hand the ball off to your 250-pound running back for a half a yard, you're right. Go to the – Go to the ACC or something, or Big 12. Get out of the SEC because you've got to be able to get a half a yard, right? I mean, that's terrible. If you can't score touchdowns inside the five-yard line, then you're not going to make it a, a long a long time. I, and, I agree. Yeah, I've never understood that. I've never understood it, and I've always questioned it. Why do teams that need a half a yard hand the ball off to the running back five yards deep? <laughs> with, with no more, with no momentum, you know. At least on a handoff, he's running forward to it, and a shotgun, he's standing next to the ball. He takes it and goes. But now, time for the compliments. Time for the good things. A, Auburn's got a damn good kicker. B, Auburn's got a damn good long snapper. C, Auburn's got a damn good <laughs> holder. D, Auburn's got a damn good defense. I mean, that is a damn good defense. That is one of the best defense. It's a shame that LSU and Auburn have two good defenses and two crap offenses right now. Because if you put two competent offenses, if you give them Wisconsin's offense, I mean, you look at that 4-0 and 3-1. And you know, and the, the reason is that is because somebody has to lose that game last night. Um, you know, I mean, I, I really like the defense that I see there. I think both these teams are teams to keep an eye on because their defenses are going to wreak havoc, and they're going to keep these games close. Um, you know, I think Auburn, it's positive momentum. Hey, you won a home game against an SEC opponent. And it was Auburn. I mean, it was LSU. So you beat a team that you struggled to beat over the past 15 years. You did it at home. You did it in an exciting fashion. Now go smash Mississippi State, who struggled with UMass. Get your bye week. And get healthy. And get at it. I, I really think that Auburn can have some positive momentum rolling here. Now, that being said, let's – Call, let's cool te- the expectations a little bit. This is an Auburn team that offensively is still challenged. But I don't think nine wins out of the realm of possibility now. I don't. But before before that game, I'm sitting there going, they're lucky if they get six. Now it's – I couldn't find six. It's easy. I couldn't find six. I, before, before the year, I found five. Before the season, I found five. And that's why you can't fire Gus Malzahn right now, Jonathan. And, it's, and it wasn't that they put Auburn at five or six wins because Gus Malzahn sucked. They put it there because of the offensive line and everybody being new. They put it there because Sean White, they didn't know about if John Franklin III was going to do it. But what I'm hearing is from the great sources that I have that John Franklin III third at least will play 40%, if not more than that, of the game Saturday, if not possibly start against Louisiana Monroe. I want to see this kid in a game. and it, and it Louisiana Monroe may be a perfect game, but again, I don't want to kill the momentum 
if Sean White's starting to get it and the offensive line starting to gel, I don't want to do that. But this offense could become unstoppable if John Franklin III could run it the right way. He may suck, though. That's the thing. And, and I don't know for sure, so I want to see it. I want to see what John Franklin III can do in a 0-0 game against Louisiana Monroe. And I don't want to see what he can do when they're at 40 on Louisiana Monroe. I want to see what he can do with the game 0-0 and see the decisions he makes. That way, because, Jonathan, that's the thing. I think Gus is afraid to put him in there in really a meaningful, meaningful situation because he just doesn't know yet. He came in last night on second and nine, got about got it to third and three for Sean White to come in there and make a manageable throw. Um, but I was thinking last night, now's the time to put Franklin in and start running to the edge because LSU was tired on defense. You could tell it was time. I just think he was afraid because imagine Franklin comes in, throws a pick, fumbles, and LSU wins. Imagine the heat he's under. He's not here to, today. He's fired. Um, I think Gus Malzahn is, is very lucky right now that he's not the one. Mm-hmm that drew the short stick. But, hey, you know, I'm I'm looking for Auburn to turn it around in the second half of this season once they get past that bye week. If they can go into bye week four and two and with two losses coming to Clemson and A&M, and, and just for a little – just for something, uh, Clemson opened a three-point favorite against Louisville. And if Clemson beats Louisville right now, I don't like moral losses, you know, and, and all this stuff. But one of the teams you lost to is Clemson that, that's undefeated and beating Louisville like that, there's really not much you can hang your head on, you know, head down about. It's time to, to get in there and play some football. Auburn needs to put those losses behind them and gain confidence from them, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so what do you think about Clemson opening up a two and a half or three points? It's down to two right now over over Louisville. That's going to be one great game. I, I expect Louisville-Clemson to be a real good game. Um I, I watched some of the Louisville-Marshall game just to see how Louisville would look. And it concerned me a little bit that they came out and they played ball. And you could tell Petrino's trying to run up Lamar Jackson's numbers, which annoys me a little bit. <laughs> he um, Seven touchdowns, I mean, 8,000 yards. And... Yeah, I mean, son, you had him. He threw for 420 yards, five touchdowns. Ran for like seventy and two scores, and the big thing was, but he wasn't the leading rusher. No, because you just had him standing back there throwing go routes all night. I mean, congratulations, Bobby. Come on, man. Um, but I think it's gonna be a good game. I like Clemson's defense a lot. Clemson's defense is healthier than Florida State's. Clemson's defense is uh, more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? More disciplined than Florida State's. Uh, and I more think aggressive. that more aggressive, I, I, they're, they're better. They're better. They have a better defensive coordinator. Um, this is a defense that's going to see what happened, uh, you know, what, what Louisville did to Florida State, take that game tape and use it, I think, to be able to try and contain Lamar Jackson. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm excited. Go Clemson. Yeah, I'm a Clemson fan the rest of the year. Um, Louisville, I just don't like Bobby Petrino, to be honest with you. I just I don't like him. I don't like Dabo Sweeney either. But you know what? One thing that could get Auburn going later in the season, and, and this is just a fan in me talking here. This is not uh, – you know, if Auburn's at the end of the season, just say they were on the table, right? 
They win all their games. They win the SEC. They're eleven and two, and the only team they lost to was Clemson, which is undefeated in the playoff. Just say or something. It'll help them. Is what I'm trying to say is in the perception is, is and and you know A and M looked good last night too. A and M looked very good last night against Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas is that great to be honest with you, but they still did what they were supposed to do. They went out there and took care of business. Um, this college playoff, let's go to the polls real quick. I was trying to pull them up while we we're sitting here talking. And like we do every show, I want to I wanna talk to you, Jonathan, about teams that belong and don't belong right now. And you saw my poll out there. I have Ohio State number one. I like what they're doing right now. You know, I like I like that road win at Oklahoma. I like the fact that they're they're trying to play people now. You know, they're trying to go outside that conference and um, – Alabama's one in the AP and coaches, Ohio State's two now in both of them. But now here's a separation. Three in the AP is Louisville, four Michigan, five Clemson. In the coaches poll, you got Clemson three. They're giving them some love, Louisville four, Michigan five. But I'm, I'm looking down through here, and, and I just don't understand how Wisconsin's not a little bit higher. Um, A&M's not a little bit higher. And I'm looking, Tennessee just barely moved up. And I see, I get that. Florida wasn't some powerhouse that they beat. But Tennessee, all they have to do is keep winning. Florida State jumped back up in the polls to 12. Where did they fall to? Weren't they like 18 or something? 13. We moved up one spot. I mean, no big whoop. But here's, here's the deal. How is Georgia in the coaches poll ranked 20? Texas 25th? I mean, and you look at the AP, Georgia's 25, Florida's ranked at 23rd. I, I just don't – I don't see it because – and this is – and please don't take this as – I'm going to compare Auburn. You put you put Auburn in Georgia's schedule right now, they're probably 3-1 and one too. You know, they, they lost to Ole Miss, just say. We lose to mm-hmm. Ole Miss. So, uh, Georgia hasn't beaten anybody. They beat North Carolina. We saw what happened yesterday. North Carolina almost lost to a crappy team. And and what what I'm saying is Auburn's two and two. I think Auburn at two and two is has a better resume and is a better team than Georgia. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. The you know Auburn's look Georgia got smacked by Ole Miss, and you look at it Auburn. I mean they played an incredibly <laughs> tight game against Clemson. They played a tough game with A and M. You know I, I think Auburn. Um, if you look at the schedules, I, and I'd say, you know, just looking at the scores, not actually watching the games, um, I'd say Auburn's had a tougher schedule. Auburn's a better team. Watching the games, I go, mm, they look like they're about on par. That's only because Auburn's offense kind of drags the average down, you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll I tell you what, I, I'm with you right along. I don't think Georgia should be ranked. And personally, I don't think Florida should be ranked. I love no, North Dakota State, no. by the way, sitting at 28th in the AP poll. I love that. I, I love too. that with all my I heart. But, but I'm going to tell you this about Auburn real quick, and we'll get off Auburn. I know people are probably tired of hearing about them. But, you know, when when they came out in the second half in 2013, that was a different offense that you've ever seen compared to the first half. And I think it's starting to build something there. I, I just feel like if they had Auburn lost last night, you're looking at a three-win team probably maybe. But because they won last night and that effort's rewarded because those players fought their tail off. And the LSU is not some scrub, especially defensively. And those offensive linemen they have are mammoths, too. 
and our defensive line got in there and gave them fits all night long. That's that's why I'm saying watch out for them a little bit. But, you know, polls are polls, Jonathan. We always talk about the polls, and these guys, most of them don't watch the coaches' poll. I don't even look at really. It's It's stupid to me to sit here and think the coaches are watching the games. These AP people, I put more stock into it. We talked about it year in and year out. And I'll give you an example. San Diego State's up at 19th in the AP poll, and that's a good football team right there where the coaches got them 24th. And the only reason the coaches put them in there probably is because the AP has them so high. They're like, well, let's put them in here. But the fact that the coaches put Georgia at 20 and Florida at 21, to me – that's some SEC bias going on. The SEC is not as great this year as in years past. I mean, it's not as top-heavy. you got Alabama, and I'm really concerned about Alabama, to be honest with you. I don't think – I think if you put Louisville up against Alabama, Louisville may hang 50 on them, right, in a second, maybe even more. Ole Miss had them, had them killed. Ole Miss is probably the best team in the SEC, but mentally they just can't play four quarters like – Tennessee, like Florida State. And speaking of Florida State, your Knowles covered that spread. Everybody thought it was a sucker bet. Florida State was going to come out and lay an egg the first play of the game. South Florida goes deep. I just would love to be a fly on the wall yesterday in your living room uh, when when Florida State went down seven to nothing. <laughs> what were you thinking? Um. Well, my my first thought was, all right, it's a blown coverage. You know, because I I have a I have a friend who plays for USF, so it's a, and because it's it's really my hometown team, I uh, I keep my eye on him. And USF's quarterback, his biggest weakness was that he struggled with throwing uh, the short passes. So you had to keep an eye and see what was going on. Obviously, I was frustrated. I, I you know it's the same defense that we've seen all year that's just driven me up uh, many walls. Um, now, with with all that being said, I love seeing Dalvin just punch him right back. That's a Dalvin Cook that we've all been waiting for. He had a great game yesterday. But when it was 45-14, the only problem I had was hit 60. Jimbo hit 60. You got to hit 60. And he, what did he do? The announcers are, are sitting there chewing away about how you got to take Dalvin out. You got to take this guy out. Nuh-uh. Jimbo left those guys in there, and he told them, you're playing every, you're playing all the minutes. No doubt about this. We are not going to let this happen. And that defense stopped giving a crap. All of a sudden, it's, it's uh, 55-35. I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Can we not stop them? And you can see the defense is shut down. They're like, well, this game's over. So uh, we still have some problems defensively. We got North Carolina next week. His offense looks uh, good. Uh, we can't tackle. Like, we, we can't tackle. If Quentin Flowers wasn't so erratic, I mean, he was three for 16 at one point. He just couldn't hit broadside of a barn. Uh, so, it, it's a good win offensively. Defensively, we got to figure some stuff out. Yeah. You, you didn't want to be around for that fourth quarter. That fourth quarter, I was spitting yeah. mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't think, and this is, I don't want to upset you, but Florida State's going to really have to to make up their mind they're going to play defense if they're going to compete in the ACC. I mean, after losing to Louisville like they did, if they got any shot of beating Clemson at home, they're going to have to play hard, gut-wrenching defense. They're going to have to make up – because defense is like 
like Nick Saban at Alabama. They you don't play unless you 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 would bleed out your eyes to play. And and I think Florida State's gotten soft because of their offense is so explosive. And I think sometimes they they rest on their laurels a little bit, Jonathan. And they're they got to make up their minds. And and I know coming off that loss to Louisville, I knew we'd see a little trouble with the defensive side of the ball. That's given because of the way they were beaten. I want to see how Florida State looks from here on out. Can Jimbo get his team ready to play? I know they can score. They've got one of the best players in the country, right? I mean, there's no doubt about that to me. They're going to score. Um, to improve, to win the ACC, and to be considered. They could win the ACC and be left out if they don't improve that defense. And do you think they will? Right now, to be completely honest, I know every Florida State fan is going to hate hearing this. Um, no. I don't see this defense getting right. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, when Derwin comes back, I think we'll be better. A.J. Westbrook, I respect the kid. He wasn't even supposed to really play this year, but he looked overmatched. Um, I, I think our linebackers at times just get completely lost. I think our safeties get completely lost. We can't handle dual threat quarterbacks. That's been, that's been proven. Uh, I think, you know, going up against certain teams, you know, going up against Miami, going up against Florida, you know, schools like that, we're going to manhandle them just because they're going to try, you know, they're going to play physical football. And, you know, Miami's going to play fast. No, they're not. Miami's got speed, but they're not going to play fast. Um, you know, I think Miami, Wake Forest, North Carolina State, Boston College, uh, Syracuse, and Florida are games that Florida State's going to win just because their defense will be able to handle those offenses better. But looking at North Carolina and Clemson, boy, I tell you what, I'm worried. I'm worried. You know, everybody's worried about Miami, and uh, I'm not. I-, I think we can handle them because they can't really. They have not proven they can really run the football that well, or well enough to where I'm taking notice of it. North Carolina, they put on a show against Pittsburgh. Now, North Carolina's problem is they don't hold on to the ball. That's a big issue. You can't do that. In the first half yesterday, they had the ball for one minute and 48 seconds. They're only down by three, but they had the ball for one minute and 48 seconds. You can't do that against Florida State. Florida State going to rack up some points. Clemson's offense, we know what it is. We've got a bye week going into that. Hopefully, Derwin's back for that game. You know, that's, that's the game of the year for Florida State now. They've got to be able to beat Clemson. Obviously, you got to win these next three games. No doubt about it. Florida, Florida State should be favored. Florida State should be favored in all the remaining games. I mean, if you think about it, especially the Clemson game being at home. Um, but here's the deal. You feel better about Auburn. I feel better about Auburn than you do about Florida State because of of defense. And I know, I mean, if, you, if y'all had a good defense and your offense was like Auburn's, you would start feeling a little better thinking that your offense would come along, wouldn't you? But it's hard to pick defense in the season. Now, tweaking offensive lines and – being able to block an assignment, you could tweak that in a season and get better and get in the rhythm. But defensively, it's hard to become tough during the season. You either you do that in spring practice in the summer, right? And hitting the gym and the weight room, the way you practice. I mean, you can't play, you can't practice football week to week now, and you can't just hit each other in the mouth every day. You can't do it because of health reasons and things like that. But that's what worries me about Florida State. Does that mean Florida State won't win out? No, it doesn't. But they're going to have to improve that defense if they want a shot of winning a national championship because that Louisville game, there was mm-hmm. no excuse for it. They're better yeah. than that. And and their manhood was taken from them then. 
Florida State mm-hmm. made the steps to get it back. They got it back Saturday by getting a W. And, and you'll, I think you'll see it improve. I do. I think the defense is going to improve because Jimbo's a good coach. And, um, and and here's the deal. You went out, Jonathan, you're probably in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that that's the one upside is that the Big 12, unless Baylor or West Virginia runs the table, I don't think they get in. Uh, in the Pac-12, I almost feel like they're going to wind up eating themselves alive. I know Stanford and Washington, yeah. I think, are the two best teams, but I think there's some eating going on there. Um, <laughs> you know, as far as as far as Florida State goes, I, I, I urge anybody, if you have the time, watch Jimbo's press game conference. Watch watch, watch his, his post game from uh, that USF game. I have never seen him so mad after a win in my life. He was livid. He he was so upset. He he was chewing out everybody. He was yelling at Charles Kelly in the fourth quarter, our defensive coordinator, who, to be completely honest, you know, Michael said he was worried about Tennessee losing Bob, Bob Shoup. Oh, he better. I, Charles Kelly ain't long for Tallahassee. I, it doesn't matter what happens this year. He ain't long for it. I think Shoup and I think Mark Stoops, uh, and I think, you know, Jeremy Pruitt, I think all of them are going to get phone calls from Tallahassee saying, hey, come on now. We want you back. We need you. Come on, come on, come on home. Um, you know, but watch watch his post game from yesterday, and you will see a coach that was spitting mad that his team gave up 35 points. Doesn't matter that they won by 20. Yeah. He was mad they gave up 35. And that means a lot to me. That tells me that Jimbo cares. And that's what – you know he you knew he did – but to actually see it like that, he cares as much as the fans do. And, well, I mean, FSU Twitter's known by ESPN. We care an awful lot. Yeah, and he does. And and now, with Les Miles being gone, you have to start thinking Jimbo Fisher. I don't think he leaves Florida State right now because I don't think he wants to come to the SEC West, to be honest with you, with Nick Saban in there and some of these other things. I just don't. I'm not saying he's a coward, but I'm saying, why would you leave Florida State right now, Jonathan, if to go to LSU when you've got more talent, just as much talent in Florida State and ability to recruit talent in, in Florida State? Why would you leave unless you just want to get away from that ex-wife that won't leave you alone? Well, I mean, you know, the rumors to Jimbo uh, back back to LSU are going to start. I mean, we all we've been hearing them for years now, to be completely honest. Um, since really 2012, it's 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 picked up more than anything. Um, yeah, you, what what you'll notice with the fan base is we like Jimbo, we respect Jimbo, but we don't love him like we did Bobby. And that's something I've been stressing to people. Jimbo's given us reasons to look at him sideways. Hmm. Uh, oh, Brian Burgess, Brian Burgess. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he said that. Uh, uh, he would rather have Herman than Jimbo because of Jimbo not having any offense, and I questioned him on that. And he's like, no, he meant he didn't want any offense to Florida State fans, but he'd rather have Herman than Jimbo. Um, I can't say I, blame I agree him, with that right now, but I, and it's not because he's a better coach, but he's more of an unknown, and that's. I mean, you put Jimbo in the SEC, he's not an unknown really. He's been there before. Saban knows him, Malzahn knows him, all these coaches know him, and I just think it would be a bad move for him. 
now if he wants to come to Auburn, we'll op- welcome him with open arms. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, w- w- looking at it, I think it'd be better for Herman to go to LSU if he's you know be for LSU's purpose uh, because Herman already recruits their area well. Uh, you know, he he's not that far from Louisiana. He already has his roots in Texas, especially in that Houston area. I think that'd be a better recruiting fit. Obviously, I think Jimbo would be a good recruiting fit for, for, for Auburn or for Georgia or whatever, just because he's been able to recruit Florida, Alabama, and Georgia so well. I, I think um, that, that plays Brown? a big role into it. Art Browse would be a great fit at LSU. And I would be stunned if LSU hasn't kicked tires on Bobby Petrino. I would be. I, I know people are like, why would he leave? I'm telling you all right now. I have people inside the Louisville program who have told me specifically they don't want Petrino there. They don't. They don't like him. He's he's a good coach, and they respect him in the, in the, for that. But they don't like him. Um, well, I'll take him. I don't want to like him. I want to. I want him to win football <laughs> games. So bring him and that quarterback on to Auburn right now. <laughs> Get on a plane. Come on down to Auburn. We got Louisiana Monroe this weekend. I don't care what the NCAA says. Just bring in a quarterback with you. Just bring him on. And, uh, you don't have to. You don't. You don't. You don't have to like a coach. And that's a dumb thing to say. It's, oh, I don't like the coach. You know, but he's a winner. I, I don't like him. That's stupid. I mean, okay, Louisville, well, you're there because of Bobby Petrino right now. Right, but you have to understand that. Bobby already left Louisville. Well, I mean, he tried to leave Louisville, what, twice? And then he finally left, and he, like, openly said, you know, I'm going to get a better job when I can. And, you know, it's just certain things where he kind of disrespected the fan base, and that's where they feel – that's where the dislike came from was the Auburn situation. Uh, You know, when he was hired, when he was rehired at Louisville – the fans weren't behind it. The athletic church said, well, we're going to win. And the fans said, yeah, but he doesn't want to be here. You know, and Petrino did this whole thing. I don't want to be here. My family's here. And it was like, we don't believe you. We, we, we don't. We don't believe you. We don't trust you. You already divorced from us once. You know, it, it's like a relationship, right, where, you're, where you know, you're, you're yeah. with a guy, girl, whatever, right? You're, you're a significant other who leaves you and comes back after a certain amount of time. Well, oh, because, I changed. Because... Yeah, but because uh, she, it's like she left you for another guy, and that guy left her, so she comes back to you, and you take her back and everything, and you're just wondering, are you good enough? I mean, is she going to go after somebody else? And Yeah, I got I got what you're saying. So all her fans don't like him either. I mean, for some I don't know, people, they don't hate him like Louisville does, but Atlanta Falcons fan hates him. They hate him. I mean, they, he left him a note in the locker They should. Hey, guys, I'm gone. See you, do. I mean, you just walk out on your team like that. That's just gutless. I mean, in my opinion, that is. I don't know about other people what they feel, but I just feel like you're to be a man of your word. I, I just think Petrino would have trouble in the SEC recruiting. I do uh, because all you you're going up against Saban. You're going up against some of these guys that are going to use. They're going to have pictures of Petrino on the motorcycle with a blonde, you know, and. And they're just going to remind him of what he was. In the, I mean, he, in Arkansas, he had a good team, but he never could get over the hump. He never could coach defense. He's a good coach. But uh, I think he's happy at Louisville because he's he's in a place where, like right now, I mean, he's got Lamar Jackson, Heisman Trophy 
favorite right now, and he's in a place to control his own destiny to get to the national championship game. It's a little harder to do, and you'll admit it. It's harder to do in the SEC than it is the ACC. And I'm not saying the SEC is so much greater, but it's just it's just more physical in that conference than in the other one that you get beat up and beamed up. And somebody like Florida gets you one weekend when they're not very good, but their defense ends up hurting one of your best players. Now you're, you lose the next week because of that. I think the SEC still is the best conference in football, but it's, it's uh, the gap's closing, Jonathan. It's closing. I think the Big Ten is closing in, the ACC. And uh, I, I wouldn't say the Big 12 or the Pac-12 because I don't think the Pac-12 has that elite talent just yet. Do you? I don't think they're, they're – they don't recruit. The Pac-12 doesn't recruit like the SEC, ACC does in the Big Ten. They just don't. I, I agree with that. I think um, that they have their own struggles, of course, um, w- w- with that. Uh, and, you know, and I'm – I had a conversation earlier with my buddy. He's a, he's a Notre Dame fan. And, you know, he's not a staunch Notre Dame fan. He's not like Quinn. Um, but, he, you know, we're, <laughs> we were listening um, listening to uh, the radio. Where the, where, the, where, the yeah. hell, where the hell is Quinn? Quinn is celebrating that they finally fired Van Gorder. That's what he's doing right now. Quinn is out living it up because Brian Van Gorder finally got fired. After the day after Brian Kelly's like, oh no, I think he did a better job as a coach. And then they fired the man, and you're like, yeah, he must not have done that good of a job. Brian Kelly's doing what he can to protect his job because he's next. There's only so many coordinators you can fire before it's you. That's like Tommy Tupperville, you know, and people. Gene Chizzy, you can fire all you want, but the bottom line is you're the common denominator, and Notre Dame looks like a dang dumpster fire right now. And you're right. You said something perfect earlier. After Texas beat Notre Dame, Texas is walking around like they're back and they're champions and all this, and Notre Dame's one and three. Who who does Notre Dame beat? Uh, Do you remember? Nevada. It was Nevada. Yeah, they they got a win against Nevada. And uh, looking at Notre Dame right now at that game last night, I mean, just what a joke. And let's let's look at what they what they've got left. I think Duke. Let me see. I'm sorry. I was looking at the. I'm trying to. My computer froze up on me. But they lost to Texas, fifty to forty-seven. Okay, they gave up fifty. They beat Nevada thirty-nine to ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They beat. They lose to Michigan State, which obviously is not a very good football team. Lost thirty-six twenty-eight. They were getting beat worse than that. They give up thirty-five, thirty-eight to Duke, and now they go to Syracuse. And I'm not thinking that's a given. At NC State, then they play Stanford, Miami, at Navy, Army, Virginia Tech, and at Southern Cal. I mean, who's to say Army or Navy can't beat them? Stanford is going to beat them. And USC at the Coliseum will probably beat them. I mean, this could be seriously a disaster. This could be a five and seven Notre Dame team that misses a bowl game. And does Brian Kelly have enough clout with Notre Dame to survive that, Jonathan? I mean, if they make a, I, I think Notre Dame rejects bowls if they're six and six. I'll say they say they're too good to play in them, but I don't see much many more wins. I mean, Syracuse that's number two. Um, 
Army number three. I don't, I don't see guaranteed wins. Virginia Tech could beat them. USC could beat them. Navy could beat them. Miami could beat them. Stanford could beat them. NC State could beat them. I mean, I don't think Syracuse will beat them, do you? But, I mean, it's still a noon kickoff, and you just never know when you go to that dome what can happen. Right. Uh, well, I want to say the Syracuse game is actually a neutral site uh, bid. Now, uh, looking at it, they should beat Syracuse. Syracuse defense is, is worse than theirs. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I'll tell you that much right now. You need to bet that over. Um, North Carolina <laughs> State is playing out Raleigh's a miserable place. I will repeat that time until my eye am blue in the face. I hate going to Raleigh. And where does Florida State go the week after Clemson? Raleigh. Raleigh. Of course they do. Thank you, ACC. So, um, you know, that I think that's a game that could be tough. You know, Stanford, Miami, back-to-back, oof. I know they're both home games, but oof. You know, that Miami game being a 3.30 kick ain't no ain't no party. If that was a night game, it'd be different, but 3.30 kick, oof. Uh, Navy at an initial site. I mean, Navy's look good this year. You know, before Army completely collapsed yesterday, they've been looking good this year. The Virginia Tech's got a ball club. Virginia Tech's got a ball club, y'all. That, that mm, man, that's a team. I thought they would win nine <laughs> games this year, and that that's a team that, that when you know when they lost Tennessee, I'm like, uh oh. I'm like, wait a minute. I had them losing Tennessee anyways. I still had them win at nine games. I'm looking at going after what they did to East Carolina, who no notoriously has been very good against ACC teams in, in their region, North Carolina State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Virginia teams like that. I was like, well, wait a minute. Tech's got a team, and they got to play. They got Tech. And then they got to go to USC. I think USC is going to miss a bowl game. I had them winning eight games, not blow it up. Blow it up. Blow it up. I think that team might win five. They get lucky to go six and six and make a bowl, but that team is in shambles. So Notre Dame can still six and six, seven and five this. There's no doubt about that. But they, they need to fix. They need to turn something around. Deshaun Kaiser did not play a terrible game yesterday. The the rest of that offense did not play well outside of the running back. I'll give the running back credit. He looked good. That defense, oof. I mean, Duke yeah. got manhandled by Wake Forest. Duke got limited by Northwestern. They put up 38 on North Dame. That's when you know you got problems, y'all. Yeah, you do. And we're going to get into uh... – some NFL real quick, Jonathan, and disappointing day for the Bucks and the Panthers. I mean, here's the deal. If if I'm Cam Newton, I don't even play anymore this year until they start blocking because this guy gets killed every play. And I don't see Carolina being a playoff team right now the way they're playing and protecting Cam Newton because without Cam Newton, they're not a playoff contender. And I don't see him making it through the year uh, getting hit like this. But, Jonathan, you have to be – kind of perturbed a little bit with Tampa Bay losing at home to the Rams. I mean, I guess it's not over yet. It's 37-32. Has that game hit a final yet? I stopped watching, so I don't know. Uh, my phone hasn't sent me a final on it, so I'm going to go with the game's not over. But uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh. Blow a 10-point lead at home? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And, you know, Berto? I love you, but damn, dude, really, really, we'd be up or tied if you weren't missing kicks. I mean, come on, son, really, really. 
This game be 33, 34, it'd be 37 up right now if you could nail a damn extra point and hit a field goal. But you can't do that right now. Get your mind right. Get it right. And that fumble return for a touchdown? Really? Come on, man. We're up 20 to 10. We're rolling. Birdo misses a field goal and poof, the sequence. What is this? I think there's a weather delay right now. It's a two-minute warning, and they're all going back into their locker rooms. Uh, that makes 32. sense. That makes sense. I, I went a, through some nasty weather. That makes sense. Well, here's a here's a score I'm going to give you that may shock you a little bit, everybody out there. In the fourth quarter, at the two minute warning, the Eagles are 34, Pittsburgh three. I mean, that, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I really didn't. Philadelphia looking good, and and all I can say is if Carolina loses. You know, go ahead and let Tampa lose, and then let the Saints win a game tomorrow night, and everybody will be one and two and in the same place. So, I mean, if you're in this division, you're never out of it. Probably with the, the NFC South is just so, uh, it's just not good right now. It's not a good division. Carolina looks awful, and uh, I think Carolina's still beat up, honestly from that game against Denver. I think that first game, Denver's killing everybody right now the way they're playing. They beat Cincinnati today. I just don't think that off. I just don't think Cam Newton's healed up yet from that game. Even though he had a good game against San Fran last year, he still, or last week, he didn't look like himself. Uh, But how do you lose? And and here's the fishy part of the NFL, Jonathan. This is what I told Sonny this morning. Carolina's, you know, opened up a seven and a half point favorite with no Peterson, no Bridgewater. The line drops to five and a half and it's fishy to me and that's what worried me about the game. Carolina lost it. I mean, how rigged is football sometimes it looks like? How in the world could Carolina the point spread drop two with Bradford with no with no Peterson in the lineup? It just doesn't make I know Minnesota's defense is good, but I didn't know it was good enough to be what, three and oh right now. I mean, Minnesota's defense, no doubt in my mind, is is awesome. It, it is awesome. And, and they haven't really had, they, you know, they didn't have Xavier Rhodes, probably the best cover corner for the first two games. Um, you know, I mean, eight sacks, what was it, three interceptions today. Carolina's up 10-2, to two, and I'm like, okay, they're, they're going to take care of business, you know. And next thing you know, poof, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, guys. What's happening? Six. Oh, okay. What's what's going on? I mean, can we not? No, no. no all right. Well, all right. Let's just go ahead and turn this game off. Right, Benjamin we, wasn't you know. even thrown to. Benjamin Benjamin wasn't even thrown to today. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was a rough game for Carolina. A lot of people are saying, well, they didn't have Jonathan Stewart, and that was the big issue. I'm like, no, I, Jonathan Stewart wasn't the big no. issue. When Cam Newton is sacked eight times, that's the big issue. Yeah, that was my issue was you, you can't keep allowing your best player to get hit like this. I mean, I don't care how good of a quarterback you have, how good of a running game. If you don't have an offensive line, then, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like Cam can't Cam keeps the ball too long. That's one problem Cam's having right now. He wants to be a pocket passer only and not run, and you can't hold the ball for seven seconds back there looking for a wide-open receiver. And he's getting sacked a lot, and uh, it just—they're going to have to work it out. But the thing is, it's early in the season. One and two is a million miles away from zero and three, Jonathan, in the NFL. 
especially, you know, I mean, it's just hard to come back from 0-3, but, but they'll look to bounce back next weekend. They play Atlanta on the road. It is a road game, which is, is questionable. If Carolina starts out 1-3, and we may be in trouble, but I think they just need to play a couple of soft teams to get healthy and to be able to, to, to get back in a rhythm. But right now, Carolina is not the best team in the NFC. And I don't think Minnesota is either. I know their record is, but um, I think in about four weeks from now, we'll be able to see a lot more. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I had Carolina having a good year. And, you know, they're obviously they're going to regress from 15-1. and one. There's no doubt about that. It's hard to keep that kind of a, a record up um, to repeat that. Uh, so I, I think, you know, just going forward, Carolina's got to work out a couple quirks here and there. That defense has got to figure out what's wrong. Uh, yeah, the Bucks game's on a lightning delay, uh, which needs at least 30 minutes. Um, so, I, I, you know, season ain't close to being over. The NFC South is what it is. I think there's three bad teams in the NFC South and one team that's having their issues but is still a good team. I really believe that. Um I think there's three teams in the NFC South right now that'll be drafting uh, in the top ten. Yeah, it could be. It's just, it's bad, and and Tampa losing to the Rams like this at home. I mean, Minnesota is a Carolina struggles with good defensive teams like this are great elite defensive talent, and they're going to have to work that out. And I think that comes more with getting in the rhythm of offense, getting people on the same page. Um, Benjamin's coming back. It kind of changed the dynamic of this offense a little bit, and it and it's going to help them in the long run. But I think right now it's just they're still trying to figure out who they really are, what they want to be. But Cam Newton needs to run the football a little bit more. I will say that. But no surprises, really. I mean, I hate the NFL. Sometimes you're trying to pick these games compared to college. Here's a golden rule. If you have a great Saturday, you're probably not going to have a great Sunday. Agreed. Because it, it it never works out. You can never hit two days in a row. If you college, if you if you hit college, the NFL is going to hit you. And it's just my golden rule from now on is: if you ever do good in college, you you take Sunday off. If you if you suck in college, you make and get it back in the NFL. So that's my golden rule from now on. I agree a hundred and fifty percent on that. Uh, that's something that I, I tried to do where it's like, oh, I had a really good Saturday. All right, let me dial back on Sunday. On Sunday, I'll play a, a couple more teasers um, than usual, which got completely busted today thanks to Carolina and Pittsburgh. Um, but it, it wasn't <laughs> like I was throwing a lot on it just from the standpoint of I did really good yesterday. Thank you, Stanford. Thank you, Tennessee. Thank you, Florida State. Um you know, there were a couple that was of nine and one for, yesterday. Oh, I, I to, to be completely honest, I played a lot more than that. Um, still wound up hitting, I want to say about seventy-eight, eighty percent of them. Uh, my parlays, like Good. four of the five, hit. The only one that didn't hit was Washington, uh, laying the fourteen. Other than that, I was bang, bang, bang. Appalachian State, thank you. <laughs> you know, like it was. Yeah, I'll say yesterday was a was a was a. a Damn good day. Yeah, remember the parlay I gave everybody? It was Ole Miss minus seven, State minus six, 
Texas A&M minus six and a half, Auburn plus three and a half, and Wisconsin plus three and a half, or if it was actually more than that. Okay, I think that was it, what I gave. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Auburn was the only one. I was like, mm, I disagree. <laughs> and, you know, and it was funny because when it came time for the game, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I really like the under. Okay, let me let me nail the under. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I'm going to take a shot on Auburn plus a three or a three and a half. I'm like, let me take that shot. Why not? You know? And boom, I'm like, oh, hey, money shot. Here was the two winning parlays yesterday, Wisconsin plus five, Ole Miss minus seven, Florida State minus six, Tennessee minus six and a half, and Auburn plus three and a half. Second five-team parlay, Wisconsin plus three and a half, Ole Miss minus seven, Tennessee minus five, Kentucky even money uh, to beat South Carolina and Texas A&M minus six and a half. The one I lost, the painful one, okay, Michigan minus 16 and a half, nailed it. Tennessee, nailed it. Kentucky, nailed it. A&M, nailed it. UCLA, money line, straight up, no points. Won it, lost it by, by just them giving up. Could you imagine? And then the other one, I did another one, so I hit one. I lost 0-1, 1-1. One one. So I, did, I even did one with South Florida money line in it just to cover the Florida State. So, you know, sometimes you do that. But the key to winning the parlay, Jonathan, is you got to do multiple. And you have to have two or three games that you're you're sure about. You know, you know those two or three games are going to hit, and you got to put them on every one of them. you got to have the balls to put them on every one of them. And you've got to find, a, a, like, a match point. Like, like you know, you you got those three games, you know, and then you go put Florida State on one, you put South Florida on the other one. You know, you you, you put – you put Alabama on one, you put Kent State on the other one. You know, you, and you're going to hit. There's three games every week that I can tell you is a lot. And you can put a three-team parlay with those, too, and also hit. But don't you think that's the key to winning five-team parlays instead of just randomly picking teams everywhere and putting them on there? you got to know for sure the three that you love. And then you go find the other two and you mix and match them. I agree with that 100%. That's something that I try to do. I mean, Stanford uh, was my big key game yesterday. I had them anywhere from two to three and a half. Um, three being the most common one I had them at. I thought the kid missed the extra point after they scored a touchdown. I almost had a heart attack. Um, and then when they ran that fumble back for a touchdown, I looked at I I, I looked at all, all my flips and went, I just cleaned house. All, I only had one of them with, with Washington land the points. I'm just – I just done cleaned house. I had a money line in parlay yesterday of Florida Atlantic, Kentucky, Virginia, and one other. It was another small school that was a dog. Oh, uh, Syracuse. All all of them were dogs, uh, I want to say, uh, and just nailed it. And I'm like, but that ain't a bad little pickup, <laughs> you know. So I mean, no. Yesterday was golden. Yes, yeah. You know, there's not too many weekends you're gonna get like this, you know. I mean, Michigan what covered the over. The over was 56 and 59. You know, games like that. Utah coming back and winning. It was three and a half to win by four. You know, I, I, it was it was a great week of college football all the way around, and that's why this week I'm probably going to dial it way back because it's very hard to get two weeks in a row like that. 
It is, and it, it is. I'm gonna give people a hint out there. If you ever see a point spread at 17 and it dropped to 16 and a half, jump on that 16 and a half and give it because I'm telling you, Michigan. And I see that with Big Ten teams a lot. It's for some reason the line's 17, it opens up and it drops to 16 and a half, and they cover every time. I mean, it could be Michigan, Ohio State. It's the bigger teams you gotta. That are favored like that, and they beat Penn State was sixteen and a half, and I just saw that, and I was like, lock, you know, like no doubt about that one. I mean, it's they just jump out at you sometimes, but again, like you said, um, if you do great one weekend, like you said, hitting eighty percent, watch out next weekend. But here's some early lines before we go. I like Clemson, or excuse me, I like Washington at home against Stanford, laying three. I like that. Just so these are early picks. Just agreed. Of, before I re- before I research it too much, um, let's see some more. I like Clemson minus two against Louisville. I'm just going to agree to tell you I like Clemson at home. Um, Miami Georgia Tech. I'm leaning this three and a half Miami's favorite. I like Miami in that game. Disagree. Michigan Wisconsin. Michigan's ten. I kind of like Michigan in that game. I just don't think Wisconsin can come back and put a performance. I don't think the matchup's well. Um, I like Michigan big in that game. Well, I'm glad you finally agree with me. Auburn, Louisiana, Monroe, I'd leave it alone at, 30, at 34. I'd leave it alone. Don't touch Auburn. Oh, God. My favorite. <laughs> That's big. That is huge. Yeah. Especially when you have red zone issues. Here's a game I love. I love Oklahoma State at home giving three points to Texas. Uh, I'm one of those people. I think Oklahoma State's a good football team. They should have won last night, and they didn't. They will be ready for Texas, and Texas defense is garbage right now. Um, like that, I'm just kind of looking through, browsing through real quick before we talk about the presidential debate tomorrow night. Here's LSU's up. Opened up a 14-point favorite over Missouri. Um, I'm probably going to lean LSU with Miles getting fired. I think these guys will probably come out and play better. But Missouri's garbage, guys. I'm I'm here to tell you. Don't let that fool you. LSU at home with Fournette wins. But, Jonathan, tomorrow night, real quick, Monday night football's on. Again, it's not a great matchup. The presidential debate at nine. I'm betting that the presidential debate gets more in the NFL Monday night football game. Oh, it's funny because ESPN has been hyping. Uh, you can watch the Monday night game off your app or your cell phone or laptop through the watch ESPN app. So why don't you go ahead and do that while, uh, and have that on while you're watching the bait. I go, that is slick. That is a smart way for ESPN to make sure that they still get good numbers on the ratings. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to tune in for this debate, and I honestly believe that there are going to be people who are disappointed in this debate because I don't think it's going to be as fiery and as explosive as they would like it to be because I think Donald Trump's just going to sit back and see if Hillary self-destructs on her own. Um, I don't know, Jonathan. I think he's, he has become a lot more presidential lately, and you may be right. Right now, if you want to bet on it, Donald Trump's plus 185 to win, Hillary minus 225. 
plus 9,000 for any other party. Wouldn't that be funny if you did that and all of a sudden Donald Trump announced he's going to be an independent? Oh, man. Oh, my God. You know how, oh, man, people would lose their mind if that were to happen. Um, I mean, like, sleeper candidate, he might have shot himself in the foot really hard, but he's still tracking decent numbers right now is Gary Johnson because I I know he's 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 getting support from both parties. He's a goofball. He is a goofball, but I want to see Jerry Springer tomorrow. Now I want to see I want to see Trump get Hillary so mad she just falls apart right there on TV. That's what I'm hoping happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It'd be funny, wouldn't it? Well, all right, mm-hmm. Justin, man. It's time to go. We're gonna get out of here. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday night. And or Thursday, whichever one we decide to do and preview the rest of these games. But man, take care. Have a great week. And again, if you missed it, Les Miles canned at LSU after 11 or 12 seasons. I can't remember what it was. But uh, Les is going to be looking for a job. Where does he wind up? Oh, man. Man, that is a great question. Oh, Michigan's not going to hire him back. They've got Harbaugh now, so he always had that Michigan kind of kind of thing to fall back on. But now with Harbaugh, mm-hmm. he's, I don't. I mean, do you think he takes a job at somewhere like uh, Purdue or somewhere like that or somewhere? You think he's too proud to do that? Well, I don't think. Well, I think Les honestly just likes coaching. Uh, let's let's not forget where he came from. He was a Big Twelve guy with Oklahoma State. Uh, the Baylor job's obviously open. Um, I don't care what they say about Grove, it's open. So that that's definitely a, a job that you can have a conversation about. If this season heads really south, Oklahoma could, could be looking at an opening, even though I honestly don't think they'd hire less miles. Um, you know, you could look at the Pac-12. I mean, this is this is a coach that I think will gain will, – he'll get somewhere that's not in the southeast because they'll want his recruiting ties to the Southeast. Yeah, and here's the thing about the Big 12 I don't like him going, is he's not scoring points at all. And, you know, he's uh, he's not an offensive-minded coach. Do you really want him in the Big 12 then? I mean, come on now, let's get real. I mean, if you'd have told me Auburn was going to beat LSU without scoring a touchdown last night, I'd have laughed at you, called you a crazy man, and put you away somewhere, but... Hey, what do you what, what can you say? Les Miles Auburn finally gets a coach fired. That's that's what I'm talking when about. When was the when was the last time Auburn won a game without scoring a touchdown? Uh, three to two Mississippi State, if I could guess right. Oh, you're right on that. <laughs> I forgot that game even existed. It fell off my radar until ESPN popped up with it last time. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I forgot that game was actually played. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. And I answered it right off the bat last night. It was like, what was the last time Auburn? I think they had asked it on TV. Uh, but uh, have you ever seen so many homers in your life as, as those those announcers last night pro LSU? Have you ever have you ever seen anything so bad? I mean, I've, oh, I've that, seen that homers in my terrible. life. 
They, they got the snap off in time. Yeah, they got this. The clock is essentially at negative one. But when they got the snap off, like two yeah. seconds went by before they snapped that ball. They got it off in time. What are you talking about? Have I seen what? Have I? If I had got my hands on either one of those two, I'd have choked the life out of them last night. I'm telling you. And they were. One thing that pissed me off is they kept trying to tell LSU what to do. Hey, this guy, Dupree's running wide open every time. Throw it to him. Throw it to him. I'm like, would they shut their mouth? No, the helmet-to-helmet <laughs> thing. And, and, and I, I didn't know this, and maybe it's my ignorance or not paying attention, but I didn't know that penalty flag wasn't thrown. I didn't know you could not you could go back and review something and throw a flag and then throw them out of the game. I didn't know that could happen. I thought yes. the play had to be called. No. They changed that rule, didn't they? Yes, sir. That uh, This is the first year that they're doing it. They're bastards. But that was a that was a nasty hit he put on that quarterback, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that that's a, a new nasty rule. Hit. Oh, man. Nasty. My favorite hit, if you haven't seen it, was that boy from Minnesota, the lick he put on that quarterback by, from Colorado State where he knocked his helmet off and the football went flying. It wasn't even a dirty hit. It was good God, if you have not seen that. Uh, Tyon Devers from Minnesota just obliterating that poor quarterback from yeah, Colorado I State. That. I thought he killed him. <laughs> he got up looking out of his ear hole. I mean, it, it was a nasty <laughs> shot. But that guy for LSU, I'm surprised he came back in the game. I mean, really, like, after getting hit like that, your helmet popping off, and then the other guy landing on you with his face mask right in your face. I mean, it was, that was nasty, man. And then the guy that got kicked out, just he ran out, pumping the crowd up, getting his hands up. He knew what he did. He didn't mean to do it. He wasn't trying to be dirty, but it was a it was a nasty shot. You know, sometimes when a quarterback starts taking off running, he turns into a running back. And once these guys get ahead of steam, it's hard to let off. I mean, if you let off, you could get your own self hurt. So I think it's one of those things he committed to making the tackle, and he just couldn't pull back. I think it was just one of those things. And he's not a dirty player, by the way. Um, but he just – it was just something you can't take back, Jonathan. And, boy, he got lit. Smokey was standing up over him and saying, buddy, you just got knocked the you-know-what out. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, that was – there were some big hits yesterday. That's Auburn LSU, too, for you. But, Jonathan, take care, everybody. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good, Brian. Y'all have a good one. You too.